You're listening to the Health Call Radio Hour, where doctors, researchers, authors, nutritionists, and top health professionals share the latest news about staying well and living better. The information you hear today is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, but it's always timely, credible, interesting, and best of all, there's never a copay. Now, here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. It is great to be with you again. Thank you for tuning in. You know, America is growing older as baby boomers hit retirement age and face all the healthcare challenges that brings. At a time when the demand for healthcare is growing, the number of doctors is shrinking, and many of those still treating patients are facing issues with burnout. The American Medical Association says 63% of physicians report they are suffering symptoms of burnout. In fact, the AMA says the problem is so big, it's a crisis. There are many reasons doctors fall out of love with the career that they worked so hard to achieve. Long hours, excessive paperwork, and loss of control often top the list in surveys of just why doctors are struggling. A growing number of doctors are stepping out of that hamster wheel and doing their own thing in what's called direct primary care. Many offer patients health care under a subscription agreement. Think Netflix for medicine. You pay a monthly fee, and in return, you get access to all the services your physician can offer at no additional cost and as often as necessary. That's how Dr. Jared Wegman of Indiana Direct Primary Care runs his practice. He's board certified in both internal medicine and primary care. He's been providing direct primary care right here in Fort Wayne from offices in Covington Plaza for about a year now. So let's check in and see how it's going. See what he loves about this style of medicine and what maybe he would do differently. There's so many things to love about this former practice. When you talk about the way that medicine has become and the and the burnout and you know everything that goes along with that, especially over the last couple of years where the pandemic was, you know, really stressful for everyone. The great things about it are, you know, one is we get to manage the practice how we want to. You know, nobody's telling me how I have to see patients, how quickly I have to see patients, you know, what what I can do in that time frame that I need to send them to different places. Um, and then being able to spend the time with the patients is is fantastic. I mean, you know, one of the things we learned in medical school from the very get-go is that if you just have time to sit and talk to patients, they'll tell you what's wrong with them. They'll tell you, you know, where to go. And so when you don't have that time to sit with people, five or 10 minutes, you know, you don't have time for them to get that story out. You don't have time. So what, what you do is a shotgun approach of all these tests and all these other things that they don't necessarily need. If you just sit and talk to them, you can really focus their care. And, you know, the one thing I really love about direct primary care is, is not just the time, but it's the limit of the number of patients that we have in our practices. You know, it, most direct primary care practices across the country have 500 or less people. Um, and when that's the case, uh, when people walk through my door, I don't have to look at my computer and say, hey, um, you know, who is that? Uh, you know, when when my patients walk through the door, I can be like, you know, hey, Tom, hey, Jim, hey, Karen, you know, I, I know them. I know what they're, you know, why they're coming in. I, I don't have to look at the schedule for that. And that that's what's great about it. And in our particular practice, we have a gym associated with our practice beside it. And so we'll see patients pop into the gym and, you know, I'm able to go over there and you know, check up on them and just say, hey, how you doing? You know, are things going okay? Is there anything you need? Uh, but again, I don't have to look at a schedule. I don't have to figure out, oh, shoot, who is that? 
I know them. It's great. Yeah. That's a, that's a great summary. Uh, for people who don't know much about direct primary care, give us the backstory. So I've always heard it referred to, and I refer to it as the Netflix of medicine. So I, I pay a subscription fee for access to you and all your services, but broaden that out for people who may not be aware. Sure. So, yeah, I, I think direct primary care was really born out of something. Um, and I think people misunderstand it a little bit because of what traditionally happened probably 10 or 15 years ago, something called concierge medicine. So concierge medicine was, you know, kind of for the elite. It was above and beyond insurance. So back in the day when people used to have deductibles of, you know, $500, which, you know, really doesn't exist anymore. Um, you know, there was the elite that, that paid extra to be able to get into their doctor when they wanted to, they, to have extra access to their doctor, um, to have their doctor sort of take care of other things that they wouldn't necessarily do above and beyond insurance. So they would charge insurance um, for their basic visit, but then also charge them a monthly fee. Um, and so that was meant for the elite. And I think a lot of people misunderstand what direct primary care is, is that it's a concierge model of medicine. Um, where we do the same thing. And that's just not true. We actually eliminate the insurance completely. Uh, the reason we do that is because it actually turns out to be cheaper. And there's a number of studies across the country that show that a lot of people with insurance or without insurance, both um, with high deductible plans, they end up paying less through a direct primary care model um, and that monthly fee basis uh, than they would if they were to go to traditional healthcare systems with that same deductible. And, you know, direct primary care now gives people the ability who don't have insurance or access to affordable insurance, the ability to come to the doctor for a reasonable monthly fee. So from that perspective, direct primary care has taken that sort of concierge model and brought it to the masses uh, at an affordable rate, but also does provide some of those concierge things, which, you know, I would argue probably aren't really concierge. You know, when you call your doctor's office and don't hear back from them for three days, you know, when you hear back from them the same day, that's really what should happen. That's not concierge to me. So let's go forward on the idea of access and contact. So you give your patients your cell phone number. I can call you. I can text you. And outside of office hours, right? I mean, anytime I have an issue. Absolutely. So and I tell patients all the time, you know, they have that access and the ability to do that. Obviously, at midnight on a Tuesday, I'm probably not going to be able to answer that. I'm probably sleeping. Um, so if there's any urgencies or emergencies, you know, during those times, you know, you can certainly try, uh, but I may not answer back until the next morning. But, you know, people are pretty surprised that a lot of times, you know, especially spring break. So we're getting past spring break here and I've got a lot of um, my members that are traveling. And, you know, members have contacted me either right before travel or, you know, they got to their destination and say, hey, doc, this happened to me. You know, I, I hate to bother you, but, you know, is there anything you can do? Sure. We can call on a prescription to them in Texas, um, which is one of our, where my members want, you know, and, and so it prevents them from having to go to an urgent care out there. Um, it's a simple thing that I can take care of for them. So, you know, it's great for people to have that access, you know. People always get concerned, you know, oh, they've got direct access to you. Does that mean they're calling and texting and, 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 you know, all the time? Not really. You know, most people are very respectful of, you know, what time it is and things. And the only times they reach out when it's later or weekends is when they really need something. Um, and, you know, most of the time I'm able to take care of it. But occasionally it's not something I can do. Um, it's not something I'm available for. So, yeah, there are times when, you know, they may have to seek out other care. Or we may have to delay it a day or, you know, whatever that means. But, you know, they have the access to me and they they oftentimes just being able to 
um, talk to me and say, hey, I'll see you tomorrow, gets them through. Uh, doesn't mean that they have something that they need right now. They think they might need it right now, but they're not sure. So being able yeah. to talk to me and then, no, that can wait till tomorrow. I'll be happy to to take care of that for you. Uh, so no boundary issues. People aren't abusing. That's good to know. Are, are you seeing a different kind of patient? Are you seeing people who are maybe sicker and more intense need of care or those who are healthier and want to maintain their health? Where where, do you, where, where does your patients fall on that scale? I think the vast majority are healthier. Um, the struggle that I have in my practice, at least with direct primary care is, and I think probably across the country too, is that the sicker people um, still feel like they need uh, their primary care doc within the system. And by system, I mean the big healthcare system. And, you know, Fort Wayne, Indiana, that's different than other places, but every every city has their big hospital um, systems that they have. And you know, those systems sort of feed into themselves. And I think a lot of the sicker people like to have a primary care doc within that system because they think that's the only path to do that. And so there's some some misunderstanding out there regarding that. And they also want to make sure that all their specialists and everybody are within the same system. Oftentimes what happens is we end up being able to take care of, uh, you know, 70, 80 percent of what their needs are uh, on a regular basis. And they don't need to see their specialists as often. They don't need to go into their specialist office every three months for refills of medications because that's something we can do. We have the time to address the five or six problems, seven problems that they have, where the primary care doctors and the traditional health systems, unfortunately, just don't have time to do that. They have the training. They just don't have the time. I don't know if you caught it, but Dr. Wegman mentioned there that he's only accepting 500 patients. Now, that sounds like a lot of people to keep track of. But a typical primary care doctor is often assigned more than 1,800 patients. A study by the University of Chicago found that if your family doctor followed all the national guidelines on preventative, chronic disease, and acute care, she would need 27 hours per day just to see that average number of patients. And that doesn't include all the paperwork that follows each office visit, so it's no wonder Doctors are retiring or the 63% of still working say they're burned out. Does that explain why your visit to the doctor often results in a referral off to a specialist? And what if you have multiple complex health issues? Is this Netflix style of medicine a good choice for you? We'll find out as we continue our conversation with Dr. Jared Wegman from Indiana Direct Primary Care here on the Health Call Radio Hour. You're listening to the Health Call Radio Hour, your regular weekend appointment with top healthcare professionals, where every session is painless and we never keep you waiting. Now back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Welcome back. Today we're taking a look at a growing trend in healthcare, physician burnout, and how a growing number of doctors are escaping the pressure of corporate medicine by offering direct primary care. Now, if you just tuned in, let me catch you up. The AMA says 63% of doctors report symptoms of job fatigue. Many of these doctors are employees of large health networks, which set quotas on how many patients they have to see per day. 16 to 20 patients a day is not uncommon. Some are also expected to make referrals off to specialists within the network. Dr. Jared Wegman doesn't have that pressure. He founded Indiana Direct Primary Care, where patients pay $99 a month for all the office visits they need. Yes, he does refer some patients off to specialists, but he says it's never to meet a quota 
or because he just doesn't have time for complex cases, which he claims is often why doctors within large healthcare networks do make specialist referrals. A lot of it is. So, you know, the primary care docs would love to be able to take care of some of that stuff. Obviously, again, I would never, uh, there are certain things that, you know, need to be passed off. There's an appropriate line where the primary care doc says, you know, this is something above where, you know, I need some help with this. Um, But a lot of it is the way the structure is. If you come into the office and you've already got two or three problems and then you add another, all of a sudden it becomes from a time perspective, you know, when you only have five to 15 minutes with a patient to address all those issues and address them appropriately, um, that's very difficult to do in a very short period of time. So the easiest way to do that is to then farm out some of that work and say, you know, hey, I can't deal with the, the kidney issue. I need another, I need somebody else to have their five or 10 minutes with you for this issue. Um, whereas in direct primary care, if I know that people have those, those many or that many issues, you know, we, we just set aside the time to deal with that and say, hey, you know, this person needs an hour. Hey, maybe this person might need an hour and a half this visit because something new is coming up, but they still have other stuff. You know, we set apart a, a that time for that particular patient to do that. Are there any conditions that probably don't fit for direct primary care? I'm, I'm assuming cancer is, is one that might be difficult for a DPC to manage. But um, if I have complex diabetes, autoimmune disorders, that kind of thing, is that something that works well in direct primary care or should I look at a more traditional avenue? I would say that it works well from the respects that we have more time to deal with those issues that are a little bit more complex. Um, so when you talk about cancer, of course, that's not something a direct primary care practice can, you know, can do. Um, but however, I will say, you know, we have the ability to help with some of the side effects of the treatments. You know, can we get them in to do other things? Um, can we help them from a non-traditional medicine standpoint? Can we do uh, some of the supplements? Can we do, can we just be a support to the patient and their family that they don't maybe get somewhere else? Absolutely. There are certain things that we can be add-ons to as well. We may not be the primary um, you know, person in those groups, but we can certainly add on to their treatment plan and, and help navigate their treatment plan too. Again, you talked about rheumatologic diseases, uh, but oftentimes these patients have, you know, multiple things going on with them and they really need somebody to coordinate those things. They really need to look at some somebody to look at the big picture of those things because oftentimes you know one specialist deals with their little bit another specialist deals with their little bit and nobody's looking at everything but do you have to be in the system not necessarily it just it it depends what do other doctors have to say uh to you when they find out you're in practicing direct primary care are are they envious are they skeptical Where, where does it come down so I think most of them are envious uh, at the time that we're able to spend and what we're able to do. I think a lot of them um, are nervous about it because they don't quite understand it. They, you know, it's just the opposite of what most physicians are doing these days. Most physicians are joining big groups and practices because uh, direct primary care is running a business. Uh, and as physicians, we're not trained to be business people. As a physician, there's so many burdens and so many extra things that we have to do behind the scenes when you're part of the system. That they're like, I don't know how I could even, you know, begin to add to that. But what I've found in direct primary care is, is it's less complicated. So because it's less complicated, there's less stuff to do behind the scenes. I've got more time with patients. I don't have all this extra stuff that I'm doing outside the room with patients. I have the time to do the business stuff. And honestly, it's a learning curve. There's no question. But mm-hmm. it's, you know, we went through, you know, college and medical school and training and, and, and you know, it's not something we can't handle. 
Um, yeah. It's something that learning is uh, something doctors are pretty good at. Yeah, exactly. So it's just yeah. it's taking that leap of faith. Um, and I think some of them are, um, you know, worried a little bit about, you know, again, the same thing I talked about earlier, you know, how do I, as you know, David compete against the Goliaths in town? How is that going to go over? Uh, and I think it, it just takes somebody to, you know, get out there to start that, that, that trend um, in, in cities. And once it gets started, you know, patients love it. And so once they get identified, it, it's going to be hard to ignore. So what hasn't worked out quite the way you thought it would? It can't all be sunshine and rainbows in direct primary care. What What's not quite been on target? Uh, I would say the biggest challenge is maybe dealing with some of the bigger health systems, um, being recognized by those health systems, uh, being able to um, coordinate uh, with those big health systems, because a lot of times, you know, they refer within themselves. You know, they send people in that same path um, and direction. And so I found it somewhat difficult to, um, you know, navigate the system outside of the system. Uh, and, and that's it, it's unfortunate that it's that way, because, again, from from a corporate perspective, why wouldn't you want somebody who you're not paying or have any, anything to do with as far as overhead still referring to you? Um, they, they make it difficult. Um, it's become strong handed and it seems silly. But, you know, that's why corporate business works. Uh, healthcare is not healthcare anymore. It's business. And that's that's unfortunate. Well, give me a closing thought. What do you want people to know about direct primary care? If they're on the fence and they're kind of thinking about, well, I'm not sure this is right for me or I'm really interested and I'd like to know more, what will you say to them? I would say just go, you know, seek out, you know, more answers, you know, whatever their individual questions are, whatever that they're, you know, worried about, go, you know, reach out to the direct primary care practices. Um, you know, every one of us that chooses to do direct primary care is in it for the reasoning that we talked about earlier. It's about, you know, directly your care. And so individualizing those questions and being able to talk to, to you know, pers- people about what their individual questions are, and be able to answer them and allay their fears. Um, because again, there's a lot of fears that come across, uh, like I said, throughout the, you know, show here. Uh, that people don't necessarily understand because they're just so used to what the regular system looks like. You know, this literally is like going back to, you know, the day where, you know, doctors did house calls and they knew your family and, um, you know, that type of medicine, but in a modern environment. Mm-hmm. And I would say that if people have any questions or fears about that, reach out and talk to one of us. We're happy to answer those questions. Again, that is Dr. Jared Wegman of Indiana Direct Primary Care right here in Fort Wayne. You can find him online at indianadirectprimarycare.com. The American Medical Association says we are facing a shortage of physicians in the decade ahead. That is bad news when more and more of us are going to face managing diabetes, hypertension, and other chronic health concerns. The AMA predicts increased dependence on non-physicians like nurse practitioners and physician assistants, plus more visits to urgent care centers. They see that in our future. Well, critics, on the other hand, say that is an expensive Band-Aid approach to what's really wrong with the healthcare system. If you are not in the Fort Wayne area and you think primary care could be right for you, you can visit dpccare.org and learn more about how this movement is growing and to find a provider near you. And of course, I'll put that link in the show notes for you. Just visit us online at healthcall.live or the Health Call Facebook page. We are back with more. I hope you will stay tuned to the Health Call Radio Hour. 
podcast by Federated Media.